Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Guys, welcome back to the SC Report podcast. Back again this week after a week off last week. Uh, apologies for that, just with the Anzac games and everything. Uh, we couldn't fit it in, unfortunately. But you're lucky enough to have myself, Nick, and Wenin back this week. And, mate, two weeks ago, I think I said I was out, and now I'm back and I'm ahead of you again. It was always going to happen. <laughs> it's always going to happen, mate. It never lasts long, does it? I think, how how many times over your career have you threatened to just quit Supercoach? Me? Never. Never. I'm, I'm not a quitter, mate, like you. <laughs> no, I'm, I am. I'm in there. No, no, there was one year, I think. But, um, yeah, no, I knew that you were just uh, talking smack, mate. No. I'm back. I'm back. And it's been a big couple of weeks in Supercoach, so there's plenty to get to. Uh, around the grounds, very quickly, I'm just outside the top 2,000. You're something like 10 points behind me. So we're very close. Joe Fitz is just outside the top 3,000, and Wilfred is about 1,600. So we're all pretty close together. Um, it's your mate JT from work still doing quite well? Yeah, he is. He's in the top 150, so he's flying and... Um... Yeah, good on him. I think he's only been a head-to-head player previously, so doing very well this year. And I think our league that we've got um, with the likes of, uh, well, the, all the guys that you've just mentioned, plus Copes and Sangster and, and a few others, um, I think we're sitting around about 60th overall. Yes. Yes, that league's going very good. number of uh, SC Talk leagues up there in the top 10 as well. Uh, and one of the guys who used to be on the site a few years ago, Black Bronx, uh, first name is actually Tim. He's coming third overall. So he used to be very active on the site a couple of years back. So good luck to him. His team is looking very strong. Uh, mate, like I said, heaps to talk about. So let's just get straight into it. Do you want to run us through the injuries? Because uh, NRL Physio posted an article on the site today and there is a, excuse my French, but a shitload of injuries at the moment. Mate, I've got some French coming up later. I think it might be the first time in a podcast that the F-bomb's been uh, dropped. We try not to. We, we purposely don't do it. Well, mate, if Bill Simmons can do it, then we can do it. Okay, deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, no, so NRL Physio does a fantastic job. Um, so really um, encourage you guys to all to get over to the site and read that. Um, can't really do any better than what he's done, but just as a highlight. So Josh Dugan is out uh, four to six weeks with the foot injury. Josh McGuire is the big one for the Broncos, out with an ankle injury four weeks. Looks like he'll miss uh, Origin game one. Tony Williams, unfortunately, is out uh, for the season, and, that's a shocker as well because he just worked his way back into the starting side finally after a couple of years, you know, sitting uh, in the reserves. And Lachlan Croker, another one, unfortunately, with an ACL. And uh, he's, you know, a bit of a bust this year for us, but he was going to cover round 13, but alas, not anymore. 
Uh, Gozioski is uh, he's out for four weeks, so he's another one that we're hoping to to cover round thirteen, and he still might um, if we're lucky. But um, I see some talk of people trading. I'll probably be holding him if I had him, just to in the hope that he's back to cover thirteen. Uh, Tim Glasby out with a thumb injury for four to six weeks. Dylan Edwards shoulder season. That's really unfortunate because he was having a cracking year. Uh, Richard Kenner. So that's a really interesting one because uh, initial reports were that he was out for the season, but now it looks like that he is only going to miss a couple of games. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later on as well. And then Isaac Luke um, and Curtis Scott. But Isaac Luke in particular, who's been very good this year, and when um, he first suffered the injury last week, again, that's another one we thought was more severe than what it is, and he's been named this week. So quite interesting turn of events there, there with a few players back in earlier and. Yeah, and you've always, we're also missing Nathan Brown from this list, Nick, who, um, you know, he just can't seem to get back and it looks like he'll be missing for another three weeks. Yeah, very frustrating, isn't it? Uh, not likely to be back till round 12 now. Potentially could have re-injured that ankle um, on the comeback trail. So he's got to go. I'm going to sell him this week, even after holding him for the last three or four weeks. But yes, very frustrating there on Brown, but it's been a... Um, Huge, huge week this week for injuries. Um, we also had sort of Mansour who was injured last week. McCulloch has miraculously recovered to play this week. Jesse Bromwich is out. Haynes out. Tim Brown, uh, not super coach relevant, but uh, career is over. Retired this week. Wish him all the best. So, mate, just been been massive, massive, and it's it's impacted every super coach team. I would say in one way or another, hasn't it? It definitely has. And speaking of teams, mate, should we just jump straight into the teams and run through just the highlights and then get stuck into the main part of the podcast? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Very quickly, like we do, because teams have already been out for over 24 hours. So for the Broncos, McCulloch is back. Maguire is out. Pangai Jr. is at lock again. And Payne Haas is named on the bench. Nothing relevant for the Bulldogs. The Knights are unchanged, and for the Rabbits, Kenner is out, like we said. Campbell Graham in. For the Panthers, DWZ pushes back to fullback for Edwards, and Tyrone Phillips is named on the wing. Cowboys are unchanged. Raiders are unchanged. Nothing relevant for the Titans. The Warriors get Johnson, Harris, and Carter back, which is excellent news. Um, Isaac Luke named, but potentially a late out. With a couple of hookers there, one on the reserves, Carl Lawton, and then one on an extended bench as well. Tigers are the Warriors' opponents this week, and Fanua plays his second game on the wing. Uh, Elijah Taylor is back. Sharkies versus Eels. Sharkies' Valentine's Holmes is in for Dugan. Fecky is on the wing instead of uh, Sione Katoa, which is unfortunate. Sorensen on the bench. Capewell keeps his starting spot. We will talk about them later. For the Eels, obviously, like we said, T-Rex is done. Uh, Nathan Brown still not named. Nothing relevant for the Dragons. Nothing particularly relevant for the Storm. Nothing, no changes for the Roosters. And then for Manly, so Walker shifts into the halves. Moses Suley is at centre. Sean Lane's into the starting lineup for Jakevsky. Jeez, I get that wrong every single week. Uh, no Jackson Hastings named on extended bench. So... Future, few changes there, mate. Um, a lot of them related to the injuries that we already discussed, though. Yeah, a few changes. There's um, more than a handful there, and um, I guess it's opening up a lot of, I'd say, issues, but there are also opportunities for players that 
might not be available this week, but in the coming weeks uh, could be some good options for round 13 in particular. And, you know, we do have a couple of guys on the bubble this week. And, mate, should we just jump straight into buy, sell, hold? Because there is a heap to talk about, um, particularly, uh, you know, we're only a few rounds away from uh, round 13. And, um, and I guess there's being up in Brisbane, there's lots of talk around the Queensland side and the likely makeup and also New South Wales. But, I guess we, we're starting to get a, a bit of a clearer idea of who's going to be making up both of those sides. And should we just run through, you know, who we think, um, uh, you know, going to be playing Origin and uh, also looking at, you know, some of the guys then that are available around 13, 17, um, you know, and, and also maybe particularly those guys which are averaging over 60 and, um, you know, probably the most relevant to Supercoach. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so we tried to make a list here of, you know, keepers basically, Um so players averaging over 60 who, who play either 13 or 17. Um, so let me just run through the 13 list very quickly. It's a bit longer than 17, but the players averaging over 60 who play in round 13, uh, presuming they're not selected for origin, we'll talk about that in a sec. So we've got Damian Cook, Hess, Fafida, Tapao, Burgess, Jake Trebojevic, Taumalolo, Crichton, Sorensen, Mao and Brown in the second row. No halfbacks. Cody Walker at 5'8". Madison, Masters, Fanua and Ken Seo in the centres. And then Ponga, Tommy Travojevic and Tedesco at the back. So we can, I think with 100% certainty, we can put a line through the two Travojeviches, Tedesco and Cohen Hess for origin, basically. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. And then the only other one there of some chance is probably Damien Cook, uh, particularly with, uh, I guess, Nathan Peets on the outer. So um, he should likely get a run. And, and the rest of them you'd feel would be pretty safe not to play Origin. I mean, you've got the likes of Fafita, Tapao and Burgess who can't for the obvious region, reasons. Tambalolo um, also being Kiwi and then Crichton. Uh, Nathan Brown's been injured. Um, Dylan Walker, they tried that, didn't work. Um, Madison's an interesting one because, you know, is he someone that could potentially be a bit of a smoky? Look, he could be, mate. I mean, New South Wales have been talking about Curtis Scott and Addo Carr partnering up. So, I mean, I, I, Madison obviously doesn't play the same positions as they do, but obviously they're looking to blood fresh players. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think Madison is as good as any of the other options they've got in the back row. Good play centres, defensive centre, um, you know, Go back to somebody like a Bo Scott, who was um, really good in the centres in Origin. Potentially, there's something there, but there hasn't been much news around. And you know, the journos ha- have a pretty good idea, and he definitely hasn't been floated around at all. Uh, I, the other one there, which is of a great um, relevance to Super Coach, is Kalen Ponga, who in the Courier Mail up here, I know, has been getting lots of attention, particularly some quotes from Kevin Walters about being potentially a utility off the bench. So I think the start of the season. Kevy thought he was a season away, has performed so well this season at the Knights that um, potentially could get uh, a gig on the, on the bench. And I mean, we'll, we'll we can we'll talk about him a little bit later on as well, Nick. But if I'm an owner, I'm a bit nervous because he's lost his goal kicking, and then if he's going to be missing round 13, then he's almost a sell option either this week or next. Yeah, the goal kicking is huge. I mean, you know, that was 10 points every week right there. Um, well, only one game without Mitchell Pierce so far, and they didn't look as good as they have in previous games. So, yeah, 
definitely a bit of concern there being a Ponga owner. Um, obviously, scored his lowest score of the weekend last week, so let's give him another week or two, but I'd, I definitely would not be buying him at this stage, that's for sure. So what about round 17, Nick? There's definitely a lot less players there that are available. Um, it seems that the stronger players are in round 13, and, and I know that a lot of people are focusing on that round in particular, and, and hopefully um, a lot of those players can carry forward to being keepers. So if you look at 17, the week around for keeper supercoach players, we've got Kakao in the front row or second row. Um, Arrow, uh, you've got RFM and Harris as well, but... You know, none of those are going to be playing Origin, except for um, Arrow. He's the only one potentially for Queensland that, that could be getting a gig. And it looks like he he's almost, not certain, but he, he's got a good chance of replacing um, uh, Josh McGuire in, in game one, uh, given how well he's been performing. Uh, halfback, so you've got Lino Johnson from the Warriors. Then you've got Hunt, Frawley, and Widop at 5'8". At fullback, you've got Slater, but he'll play Origin, and then RTS, uh, from the Warriors as well, so lots of Warriors players there that I'm sure, or from the lot from the look of that list, it seems like they'll be the more popular players to be trading in from round 14. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the purpose of doing this quick list when I put it together today was basically to try and work out which one of these rounds to target. Um, and I think it's I think round 13 really stands out because we can bring guys in <clears throat> to cover 13, like Fafita, Burgess, Talmalolo, etc. Uh, who are keepers, and, you know, sure, you're not going to have them playing in round 17, but at least that keeper status through to the end of the year. Um, the, the guys in round 17 who are averaging 60 are just, it's slim pickings. I mean, you know, po- post that round 13, the only real players, let's assume people already have Cacao and Arrow, the only players who you would look to bring in as keepers for the rest of the year is probably Tohu Harris, Sean Johnson and Widop, basically. That's it. Those are the guys who play 17 that you'd be keen to look at from a keeper status from 14 onwards. You know, maybe Mannering, he might be cheap. He might be some value. Uh, Maybe RTS if you're desperate. But personally, off the back of this list, I'm going to trade hard now, target 17 for round 13, um, and then just ride it out from there. Yeah, and hopefully some downgrade targets um, pop up for round four, uh, round seventeen coverage as well. So a few of those guys that we've been holding, um, you know, a, a name that comes to mind is like a Cameron Murray, or even if you you carry a, a Richard Kenner into round thirteen, then hopefully we can downgrade those guys to um, you know some of the less alone or the the guys that aren't going to average over sixty um, to make some cash, so we can bring in those keepers in time for round seventeen. Definitely. All right, off the back of that, let's move on to some of the buy targets for this week. Uh, there's a lot of trades happening. The the sort of volume of people being brought and sold is quite high, particularly for this early on in the week. Uh, and the number one most purchased player is Scott Sorensen with a negative 63 break even at base price, pushed back to the bench this week. Potential to play 80 minutes in round 13. Uh, I am probably going to bring in Capewell instead of Sorensen this week. Just that concussion last week going to the bench. I know that they switched it around in the past, but it just worries me a bit there with Sorensen. 
even at the price. Uh, so I'm going to spend the extra 100 and probably go for Capewell, I think, just given that he proved last year that he can be a very good super coach scorer if he gets the minutes and hopefully a good option for that round 13. What do you think about those two, particularly Sorensen and then Capewell? Yeah, so Sorensen um, is an interesting one with a break-even of 63. Unfortunately, lost his starting position to Capewell. However, um, I think it's been well documented that that's how they were named to start two weeks ago, and then Sorensen replaced Capewell um, from the bench before um, kickoff. And the really annoying thing is that this week they're playing Saturday night. So, uh, I mean, I'm looking to trade Richard Kenner to one of them, and, mm. and unfortunately I need to make my decision by Friday, and it's an absolute nightmare. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. So let's just go. So Sorensen's got an ability to make... You know, 70K this week, if he scores 30, um, any more than that, and he could potentially be looking at 100K. Uh, if the concussion's right, I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting to see if they deviate from the reason why they promoted Sorensen over Capewell a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't been too close to it, particularly the Sharks, um, in the last couple of weeks. So um probably better off asking a, a dedicated Sharks fan about the reasons for that. But you're right in terms of what Capewell did last year. And as an owner of him last season, I remember when he scored those few tries. Yes, and then, I uh, remember you know, it too. It just over 100K <laughs> it was, in one it week or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas, you know, I think Sorensen scored the try two weeks ago. Looks likely he come off the bench this week. Um, the the all-important thing for me to consider, uh, I don't know if for unique, but it's round 13. So just look at the, the potential makeup of the Sharks um, side for that round. And um, Graham should play for New South Wales. Gallon is likely to be back from injury, so he'll play lock. And then Luke Lewis is also likely to be back as well, or, or, or a 50-50 chance at the moment. So he'll take one of the edge positions. And then it's really up to either of these two guys who gets that final um, edge spot to me and you know speaking to Trent Copeland a little bit earlier today he did point out that they really don't want to play um, or have been pointing towards not playing Capewell on that edge to cover um, Graham if he's out so Sorensen appears to be the favoured person for that edge but um, yeah there's risks and, and um, risk on both sides I'd say because Sorensen is the 100k cheaper maybe he's a less riskier option um, I mean, if anything else, you're going to earn close to 100k in a couple of weeks, so he's a pretty good cash grab. And then hope he plays round 13. The issue for Capewell is that you know he could get relegated to the bench after you've traded him in before the game, and then you're stuck with a guy that's already priced at 260k break even. I think around about six, um, and you know he's probably not going to see anywhere near the amount of price rises as what. Sorensen is going to say, and then that's also another 100k that you can use to upgrade um, elsewhere. So, yeah, it, it, there's certainly lots of questions around both of them, and, and I, I'm still at the stage that I don't know which direction I'm going to go. Yeah, it's a, it's a toss-up. The dual position um, eligibility of Capewell helps too, especially if you've got Madison and co. You know, I don't want to bring Sorensen in because I would have to sacrifice... Madison, I think, back up to the second row. I think the way my team is set up and I, my whole purpose of doing of getting Madison was to, to eventually get him down to centre wing. So that's another reason why I'm leaning Capewell. But, 
yeah, the hundred k would be good for Sorensen. Uh, let's yeah, so let's fifty fifty at the moment, really. Maybe we'll um, maybe we'll tweet out on Friday what we both end up doing. Uh, the yeah. other. You and know, I was just going to say, it's, hopefully Wacko's got some good mail on Friday um, and then we can make a decision from there. But, yeah, it's going to be touch and go um, come the, the Rabbitohs game on Friday night. Definitely. Uh, let's take a look at a couple of the premiums who are quite popular this week. Uh, Asan Masters, center wing, 45 break even. I'm going to grab him this week uh, for... Kenner, so I'm planning Kenner to Masters and then Nathan Brown down to Capewell um, to fund that. So I'm keen on Masters, you're not so keen, so I'll let you talk about him in a second. Marty Tapao had a huge game on the weekend and has got a break-even of 46 and plays round 13. Uh, his minutes were, were very inflated last week and I can't, I'm not, I don't know. Um, he's not one for me. I'm going to let him go through to the keeper. People are still buying Madison, even with an 80 break-even this week. And people are buying for feeder as well with the 74 break-even. So very high price, those players. Obviously, people looking towards the round 13 buy, though. Um, mate, uh, for me, I've got them ranked this week. Masters, for feeder, to Powell, Madison. What about you? Well, I think the Masters is still a good buy, but he's not the godsend that everyone's talking about. Like he, the way that everyone's just describing him this week is he's an absolute must. Um, I kind of completely disagree with that. Uh, he's, you know, pretty much. Well, he's not. He's got one or two more price rises to go. He's got that big score um, in his uh, three round average, but he's got a forty five break even this week, travelling to New Zealand. How cold is it there at the moment? Pretty cold. Yeah, and, and what a night game? Uh, five. It's yeah, I think it is. Is it? Is it might be five thirty local. You keep talking, and I'll look it up. Yeah, like Dewey is all shit there, playing against a Warriors side that's putting bringing back in Sean Johnson, Toe Harris, so Isaac yeah, Luke a, looks like he's fit. Yeah, seven thirty, New Zealand yeah. time. And the weather is going to be, we do get our weather report each week, obviously, on the site, but it's going to be about 17 degrees uh, and mostly cloudy, so not too bad. Yeah, but dewy. Probably. It'll be, yep. sh- it'll be shit, mate. It's going to be shit. <laughs> it'll be a I've got, I've got day. A, I've got the picture in my head already. Don't destroy it. It's going to be <laughs> shit. So break even 45. Um, listen, I can see him being a purchase before round 13, but I, I just don't see that he's a must-have this week against the Warriors. Um, and don't forget that before the score last week, he had scores of 44, 61, and 51. So, you know, that's Hiku territory for mine. And, and whilst he's got the goalkeeping, uh, sorry, the goal-kicking, I just don't – he's not a not, – I don't think he's like a no-fo of what we've seen in prior years. And um, whilst I think he's going to be a handy player to own, I don't think he's a must-have, and and he is quite expensive at the moment. He is. Yeah, he is. I just want to sort of lock up my center wing. You know, that would give me Madison, Mitchell, Masters, and Rapana. So, you know, in my mind, that that position's done. I can just lock that in and run with that for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I I mean, I, I kind of... 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just torn because I, I kind of really like the look of Martin Tapao as well. And uh, just having a look at the, the bench uh, for the Sea Eagles this week, you got Lewis Brown, Frank Winterstein, Lloyd Perrett, and Pisaka, I think it is, Tanella Pisaka. Um, so how many of those guys are going to be taking minutes off to power? Probably none of them. Yeah, well, I mean, Lloyd Perrett, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, Winterstein will come onto the edge, you'd think. Lewis Brown is a utility to replace Coruscant and maybe um, somewhere else as well. And then, you know, I just I can see that you look at um, to power's minutes and over the start of the season, 45, 51, 42, 52, 50, 36, and 50, um, not fantastic, but that's been with a much stronger forward pack and played um, 62 minutes last week, I think, because Gozzi went off injured and that's, you know, produced the inflated output as well. But, you know, his base stats were off the charts last week. And, yeah, I think considering how – and, again, this is, um, you know, going back to what you are saying about centre wing, the front row is very poor this year. And I'm quite happy that if I've locked up my front row – um, and having it for Fita, Tapao, and Pangai, then you know I'm pretty set that that's almost a set and forget um, front row forward lockup for the year. Yeah, yeah, agree. Yep, yeah, I'm very much of the opinion that people who have burnt me in the past, I just can't buy them. And I had Tapao either last year or the year before, and he after I brought him, he was just rubbish. And it's that strategy's worked well for me this year with Sam Berger, so I. Said so in the preseason, I was just not touching, and I'm going to run the same strategy with Tapao. I mean, the key thing for for Tapao for me as well is that he's priced at a basement price for him of you know 540k, so he's great value. Whereas I think that Masters is probably a little bit above what his true value is, and hopefully I can get him um, before round 13 a little bit cheaper than that. And um, the same can be said for Tamalolo, who was also looking at. I don't own him, but. I also said that you know he, his value's gone, and, and again I'm hoping that he's got a couple of um, poor scores in him, um, you know, to get potentially get him in before round 13 at a better price. Yep, yep, fair enough. Uh, a couple of guys who have only played one game, who we will be looking at next week, Payne Haas and Mahe Fanua. People are getting them in this week. I'm I'm very much along the lines of don't bring anyone in till you know they're playing their third game, and I won't be touching. Either of this guy, either of these guys, this week, uh, you have the same opinion. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Oh, here we go. Look out! It just pisses me off, mate. If there's anything that shits me, it's people bringing in a player after one game. How many times have we been burnt? And you know, the, you got you got Haas, who is an 18 year old, and you've got. Uh, Maya Fenua has spent the last few years in the Super League and who knows what's going to happen to the Tigers' side when Lola here comes back. Who goes out? Is it Nofaluma or is it uh, is it Fenua? Um, there's question marks there. You know, it's just very silly. You don't need to move on these guys now. Wait a week. They're not going to go up in price. And the fact that they are sitting third and fourth in the most purchased this week, is, you know, it's just uh, beggar's belief. Tell us, tell us how you really feel. I've told you, mate. <laughs> Do you want me to go on? <laughs> no. He's lost the plot, mate. I, with, with not as strong language, I do agree with you. Um, okay, that's... Yeah. No, I'll be taking a good look at them next week, especially uh, Mahe Fanu, obviously, playing that round 13. Connor Watson's a popular buy this week. Uh, back from injury. Uh, looked 
quite good for the Knights. Uh, interesting to see how he goes going forward. What do you think about Tarek Sims? Has he? He's had a couple of big scores lately, has he? Yeah, he's had two big scores, but before that, he had back-to-back 40s in 80 minutes. So, again, I, I feel that he's a bit of a trap. I, I think he's scored a try in each of the past two weeks. He's another one they're talking about potential origin as well, although I don't see it as likely. So, no, he's a big stay away from me. Connor Watson is interesting and very tempting, but given his price at 330k, I, I, again, I think the value's gone. He's got a break even of 37, scored 60 or so last week with a try, and there's just too many question marks surrounding how the Knights will go from here out without Pierce. So for me, um, I'll probably just be um, avoiding Connor Watson. Yeah, me too. Uh, Capewell was spoken about briefly, just a couple of other names here. No Faluma, got to be some uncertainty there about Lola here. So he's a no, even though he is very cheap at only 444k. But some interesting options in the halves, Cody Walker and JT. Cody Walker been very consistent this year. Rabbitohs obviously play 13. And JT is 469k, showed a bit of life on the weekend. BE's 13, he's not getting any cheaper, that's for sure. Um, and I'm... You know, I wouldn't say I'm happy that I held him because he's been stinking it up, but at least uh, I do have him in my side now. Um, Cody Walker, though, I I would have no issue with people buying him this week. Yeah, and he was actually my number one trade-in target before I did a little bit of research. Uh, so, you know, he's been averaging 62, I think, this season. And, you know... <laughs> I think he's got about 20 or 15 points with about, you know, five minutes to go in a lot of those games and just somehow, you know, has that try assist or that try, scores that try. But that's just him. That's just part of his game. So I think we need to ignore that so many of his points are coming directly from attacking stats. That's just the kind of player he is. Um, my concerns with him is this is South's upcoming draw. So the Knights this week, they should win. However, after that, they've got St. George... The Cowboys away, and whilst they haven't been performing that well, I think that I, 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 as soon as Morgan gets shifted fullback, potentially, you know, it's going to the title change there. So I still feel that that's a tough away game. New Zealand away, and then they got Sharks in round thirteen. So you know, I am a little bit um, put off by that draw. Um, but in saying that. Uh, if you can make 50k from downgrading Maloney to Walker, you know I'm not going to tell you not to do it. God, I hate Maloney. God, this. What a, what a buy. What a buy. Remember that week? Remember the first week, the very first week, Cleary got injured, and I had him sitting in my team all week, and then I pussied out before lockout and traded him out. Go with your gut, mate. Just go with your gut. I know. It was just no. Oh well. This is as good a time as any to pause for a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, so plenty of options to buy there this week. Some really good ones. uh, And I think some good ones for next week as well. If you can generate some cash there, you know, maybe we can finally get rid of the likes of Luciano, Leilua, Lomax and co uh, with Payne Haas and Mahe Fanua and that sitting there hopefully for next week. Uh, there's a, a bunch of cells here this week and sort of that makes sense with the injuries we spoke about. Uh, Croker and Maguire and Gachevsky are no-brainers. They have to go. In my mind, Nathan Brown is a no-brainer and Kenna, um, a sell on him as well. He's peaked in price, but... I think those two are probably interesting to touch on, mate, Nathan Brown and Kenner, given that we do have an indication of where they, or sorry, of when they will return. Uh, but for mine, they're both still sells this week. Yeah, I do agree. And particularly with Brown, it's, you know, there's another three weeks we need to wait and there's no guarantee that he'll be back for round 13 too. So um, you can't continue to have 570,000 sitting on your bench. We've already had it there for a few weeks and, um, I need to. I've just my points have just been horrendous the past few weeks with him and Murray and a few guys there, and then a couple others underperforming. Um, I need to start, you know, getting back over a thousand points. Yeah, definitely, definitely got to go. Matt Lodge, he's I don't know what's happened to him. He's fallen off a cliff. He's a sell. Peter Hiku is the fourth most sold player, and look, I sold him last week. Um, so not too unhappy about it. Doesn't play round 13, but with a bunch of these Warriors guns back, hopefully for Hiku owners, his scores can increase over the next month or so. Yeah, I think so. And you got SJ back as well, which is huge. So that right edge is back. The gang's back together with SJ, Harris, and Hiku, and this tour as well. So I'm expecting them to score some points this week. Um, and then going forward, they've got Souths uh, at home, the Storm at home, and then they've got Manly in round 13, and Manly has just looked atrocious, and I've actually backed them today to win the Wooden Spoon. So uh, I reckon that they could, considering the play... Hang on, sorry. The Warriors don't play round 13, do they? Are we we still talking about Hiku? Yeah, you are. Sorry, I was talking about... um, I was looking at the uh, the Cowboys uh, oh, draw. Right. Okay, no worries. The draw's even better, though, mate, because they've got Tigers this round, and then they've got the Roosters at home, and the Roosters haven't been that fantastic, to be honest, and then they've got the Eels away and south. So that draw, to me, looks pretty tasty. With three out of the next four at home, um, I can see Hiku's price you know, going right up, and he's going to be critical for me in um, round, 13, round 17 because you look at... I mean, you're quite fortunate you've got Rapana, um, but if you, you think about the kind of players that people are going to be trading in, and there's going to be a lot of teams that have Masters and uh, Fanua in their sides come round 13, and, and uh, it's going to be pretty hard to carry those players plus the Roosters guys mm-hmm. and a few others um, in the centre wing. So I'll be holding Hiku, and hopefully he gets a few big scores over the coming week and then does well for me in round 17. Yep, fair enough. Uh, uh, Jermaine Asako is highly sold this week, just peaking at 400k, which is bloody annoying for those of us who sold him about three weeks ago. But 
this is the Broncos' time, isn't it? Next four, all at home at Suncorp. Bulldogs, Manly, Roosters, Eels. If this is not Milford time, if this is not Isako time, Corey Oates time, then I don't know when it ever will be. Yeah, so we haven't spoken about Milford at all, um, but let's just do that briefly in a second. Just closing out on Isako, so I'm still an owner and um, quite happy with that. So the Bulldogs this Thursday. Um, I think I, even if I bring in Capewell or thinking about bringing in Capewell, I would start Asako over Capewell, um, regardless if he starts uh, plays 80 minutes on the edge because I think Asako could go big. Um, from memory, I'm just going to pull it up now that the Bulldogs have conceded. Uh, Whereas the Bulldogs have conceded um, the fourth most amount of points to Wings this season, and at Suncorp Stadium, I can see the Broncos having a very, very good night. And then after that, you've got Manly, whilst it says away, that is at Suncorp as part of the double header. And Manly have been horrible. Roosters and Para at home. So, yeah, I think the Broncos are going to come into the bye um, very strongly. And, and you know what? If they don't, then that's just about their season too. So, um, yeah, I, I would be holding on to Asako just purely for that. Now, Milford's really interesting, mate. So what he he's decreased in price down to about 520k. Having an off-season, hasn't been kicking goals. Um, I mean, historically, he averaged, I think, around about 55 points away, and he's been way below that this season. So it's really been a bit of a stinker. Is he someone that you'd be looking to bring in, even though he doesn't play round 13, just for the the next month? Or do you just think that his form doesn't warrant um, selection? Yeah, he's a tricky one. Um, He was my buy uh, four weeks ago instead of Maloney, actually. And that's, oh, awesome. Yeah, that's turned out really well. Um, so if I didn't have him, I would not buy him, just given that you know that he doesn't play that round 13. Yeah, look, Broncos have got a good draw next four weeks, and all of us Milford owners are hoping that it comes to fruition, but there's no guarantees with the way Milford and the Broncos as a whole are playing this year. Yeah, it is. But hopefully Pangai continues to play the big minutes and um, – did what he did last week because he was outstanding and, and the Broncos look so well just with his metres and offloads. So if Milford can run off him, then, you know, and also Nicarima, if he gets a chance to, to come off the bench and do what he did, Macca back too. So I think they'll be pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm quite torn, mate, because I could, um, if he was playing round 13, he'd be at the easiest trade-in um, mm. for me with Maloney to Milford. But not playing 13, um, and then, yeah, I'm quite torn there, so I'm still not sure which way I'll go. Okay. Uh, People are selling Robbie Rocco. Look, that's 50-50 for me. Plays 13, obviously peaked in price. Very solid player, though. He's not going to lose much value between now and round 14, so probably an individual decision depending on the makeup of your side. Bryce Cartwright started in the halves on the weekend, did not set the world on fire at all. I look 263k. He did not much cash to be made from him, so I'd probably just be sitting on him uh, for now. When uh, then the other two guys we've got here are Nathan Brown and Ponga, who we've spoken about. Did you want to cover off on any more of those sell guys? No, I think I'd just say Richard Kenner, like he is one that you could hold for the round 13 coverage. But with a break-even of 65, I don't really see the value in holding him for a score, you know, of what's more than likely to be under 30 just for that week. So that's why I'm looking to move him on this week. 
Agreed. Uh, vice captain, captain this week. Uh, do do I go straight captain on Milf? Last year, yes. This year, I think I'd still play it safe. How's your um your auto emergency situation looking? Uh, pretty rubbish. My auto emergency situation. Oh, not too bad actually. It would be Jennings, Jacks, Orbison, or Nichols. Right. So you probably got a a. a a 25, yeah, 25 to 30 point game. Yeah. So that's pretty good. That's all right. Yeah. Well, the rest of my team's body injured. So I've got four yeah. players, four just dead weight at the moment. Yeah. yeah so I think I'm going to go VC Milf. Uh, and I'm actually projecting Fafita to bounce back uh, after a quiet game. I think he could go well against the Eels. So at the moment, I've got the captaincy sitting on Fafita. What about yourself? Yeah, look, I've got two VC options. I've got uh, Maloney, your boy, at home against the Cowboys on Friday night, and then Rapana versus the Titans at Saturday in the 3 p.m. game. Yeah, they're probably the two guys that I'm looking at. Yeah, they're the ones that I'm looking at because I've still got um, Katoa plays, uh, and so does Lomax in um, later in the week. So potentially one of those guys can be my um, my captain, and um, I'm probably then going to look at a Fafita versus the Eels, or even maybe a um, Tapao versus the Roosters, considering um, how poorly the Roosters have been against the offload this year, and that bench for Manly looks pretty weak. Yep, yep, agreed. Yeah, it's always tricky with the vice-captaincy, isn't it? Because you've got to make sure that you've actually got someone who you're willing to take out who plays late in the round, and bring someone in who plays late in the round. It's, Mate, it's confusing. It does my head in. Mate, I, I hardly ever use it. It's too hard for me to work out. Mate, it's confusing, and it doesn't help that when one of your VC options loses 50 points uh, over the weekend. Oh, here we go. Weren't the, um, <laughs> weren't the Twitter warriors fired up about that? Oh, yeah. The keyboard warriors, mate, they'll fight up. I mean, to be honest, it's... I mean, we we have to we have to discuss it briefly. Um, the scoring has been, um, I think, horrid this year. I mean, let's let's not mince our words. It 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 has been um, more all over the place than it has in any year. Um, however, it's definitely not Tom Sanks's fault. He um, doesn't even work uh, anywhere near the where the guys are. The guys at Fox Sports doing the stats. He works for the Daily Telegraph. So two completely um, separate companies. Um, so by hurling abuse to him, it's not really getting you anywhere, guys. I'm not sure if you're, you're aware of that. But, I mean, calling a spade a spade that something needs to happen. And, I mean, I put some ideas forward on Twitter about what we can do. And I get my gut feel here is that we've made the scoring so difficult that or leaving it up to too many things up to interpretation that it's inevitable that there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be reviews and changes and all that kind of stuff. So... I mean, personally, mate, I think just get rid of last touch. It is the most pointless stat mm. because you've got a half that does all the work and then spoons it to a centre who then spoons it to a winger and then that centre gets last touch points, which is just does not make any sense at all. So I would just scrap that and that should, to me, make try assist a little bit easier. But what I would also do is suggest that Potentially, you can award two tries for the one play, um, or scrap tries. I just, I just think we just we we make it too difficult um, by 
if you scrap trisis, then there could be discussion about, well, the halves become irrelevant, but then you bring in something like kick meters or, you know, some other kind of stat that, um, or you, you increase the, the points you get for forced drop, drop kicks, stuff like that, because that's a, a very good skill. And that also changes momentum as well. So that should be, um, highly awarded as well. But yeah, I think having last touch and triasis, that just seems to be where all the issues are. Yeah, agreed. Last Touch was brought in to try and clear it up, you know, and make it easier for those for those um, sweeping half to centre to wing plays. And that seemed, those plays seem to be the ones causing the issue because, I mean, I think it's just consistency. There were a couple in the JT game where, as a JT owner, I was like, oh, geez, I, he's been given the try assist and I hope he keeps it, but I don't know if he will. Um, you know, and then he kept it. And then the Maloney ones, I didn't actually see the Maloney game, but to lose three try assists in, in updates is just, it's unheard of. To lose 50 points, the week after Damian Cook went up by 60 points in updates uh, is just, it's unheard of. And yeah, it seems to be the inconsistency in how those sweeping half to center to wing plays are being awarded that I think is causing the frustration for people. Yeah. And I just think that we're just making it far too hard on ourselves by having what seems on paper to be, um, you know, to make sense in terms of how we are going to be awarding points, but, you know, to be having a game. And if you, we set through NFL, NBA, um, uh, even Big Bash, um, if you look at AFL Fantasy and Supercoach, I mean they're not that difficult, right? Uh, and it's also there's there's no or there's limited judgmental or um, um, areas of the game up to um, you know different parts of interpretation. And I think that you you can't be doing that. And and one of the also I know they're quite different, but one of the the more important things for me is that. Um, coming into an age where daily fantasy sports is becoming bigger and people are actually winning money now off fantasy. And, and yes, they're different scorers and stuff, but I, I'd hazard a guess that a lot of them being driven off what the super coach scoring is, particularly tri-assist. You know, if, if someone's losing a few hundred dollars um, because of a, an incorrect decision on mm. that kind of basis, then I think that's where it becomes a little bit more serious. And, um, you know, in, in super coach, a perfect example is Maloney who had, um, the 100, someone put the VC on him. There's been another review after that that hasn't picked it up, mm. and then it's not to that review on the Monday. So surely even on that second review you pick it up. Or what I've heard around is just don't award it. Just don't award these trices until you do that final review. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Or just it just – I think they've made it a little bit more difficult for themselves and what it needs to be, and I, I don't have the perfect answer, but – Maybe the answer is to remove the ambiguity out of tri-assist or remove tri-assist and then try and get points in there for halves to make up for it. Yeah, and it is an issue in daily fantasy as well. Like you say, you know, you'll sit there on a Saturday night and you'll be sitting second with 150 bucks of prize money and you have to hope that you survive upgrades. You know, you might wake up in the morning and all of a sudden you've dropped down to seventh and you've, you know, you've got, th- you've won 30 bucks or something like that. So it's... It's not just limited to Supercoach. It is other stats providers providing to other games that are having these up, upgrade downgrade issues. But it's just yeah, it's it's very frustrating frustrating for people. And obviously, 
Uh, as a non-Maloney owner, it was great, but obviously really frustrated a number of people on Monday. Yeah, well, I think I fell from 10.50 down to 9.80 on, on the, you know, that, that's a killer, right? So um, it's only a game and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, we, we highlight here that it's an issue that needs to be resolved. And I, and I know um, that the guys at Daily Telegraph are, are, are more than aware that, um, you know, something does need to happen. But um, just everyone that downloaded this podcast, just know that those guys don't control the stats. Um, so it makes absolutely no point at all to be going and hurling abuse at them because they're not the ones doing it. So, um, you know, maybe to save you feedback for other um, parts of the, the game, I'd say, in, in a, a nice manner. And I'm sure that um, come season's end, um, there might be an opportunity to relook at how that stuff is, uh, is being done. But with that said and done, we briefly touched on daily fantasy sports, mate, and maybe now we can just have a, a brief discussion or brief um, let people know what's happening in the week ahead. Yep, yep. Some huge uh, games on play on. Uh, again, you know, there'll be free entry comps all weekend, which we will advertise later in the week. Uh, both, I think they're having a free entry on Thursday and the usual free entry on Saturday off the back of the successful uh, buy one, get one free comps on Anzac Day. Obviously, NBA playoffs are in full swing at the moment, so there's a suite of NBA games every day, both on Play On and on Moneyball as well. Uh, AFL, uh, EPL, all the codes are on both of those sites. So you can uh, join Play On through any of the links on our website, uh, and we always put an article um, talking NRL strategy up on a Saturday, if you weren't aware. Uh, and obviously, you can join Moneyball. Um, we're going to put some more Moneyball ads up on the site, uh, and we usually tweet out some of the links to some of the Moneyball comps as well. So it's definitely a good time to get involved there. I've had a bit of success there in the last month or so. Um, and yeah, mate, he- heaps of comps on there at the moment. Yeah, and I think there's enough difference between the two to support playing both as well. So um, very different setups in terms of team structure and um, even prize pools, but you know, what I do kind of like about um, Play On at the moment is that because it is kind of the, the new kid on the block, the um, you're not playing against anywhere near as pe- many people as you are in Moneyball. And, you know, what that's just providing you with a much better probability of, um, of winning, which um, which you've been finding and being quite successful, whereas um, I haven't been uh, that successful yet. But um, hopefully my tide will turn. Um what have we got coming up on the on this week, mate? I think you've released uh, you put up buy sell hold tonight. Um, we've got minutes coming. Uh, we've got the captain's article. We've got minutes coming. So is Christmas. <laughs> well, that's a deep dagger for Wilfred, mate. That's gonna get you. Um, so we got a new article this week is going to be a daily fantasy sports preview on EPL, which um. One of the guys, which is in our Young Legends League, uh, and a co-worker is going to write. He, he's been the one that's been writing all of the uh, EPL articles uh, during this season. And I think they've been a fantastic addition to the site, super detailed. Um, and as more people get into EPL fantasy, that'll be um, something definitely worth reading. Um, what else? Is that about it? We've got a banner up ahead this week. I've already got a prime, mate. I already know who the banner's going to be. So Well, we got the CEO. Um, Maybe the banner's yeah. back. We got CEO last week. The banner's back, mate, and it's going to be more than back this week. I reckon this could be the lowest score. The banner could have a massive victory this week. All right, we'll see. We shall see. If it's one of my players, I'll just take it down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. 
<laughs> All right, mate, we're just on 50 minutes or so, so we better wrap it up. I know you want to go to bed. Uh, so, But old man. I'll let you do that, mate. And uh, good luck this weekend. Good luck to everyone. And we'll be back same time next week. Okay, see you later.